Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, the podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Dragon Reborn, please proceed with caution. She could sense which of the five powers had been used here, air and fire and spirit. She could trace the intricate weave made by Sidar, set with a strength that amazed her. There were gaps in that weave, spaces where her probe should slide through. When she tried, it was like fighting the strongest part of the weave head-on. It hit her then, what she was trying to force a way through, and she let her probe vanish. Half that wall had been woven using Sidar. The other half, the part she could not sense or touch, had been made with Sidine. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing chapters 24 through 29 of The Dragon Reborn. Note, I have not read past chapter 29, and Will is going to do his best not to bring anything from the rest of The Dragon Reborn or the next 11 books in during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 29, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read them. This week's chapter summaries from dragonmount.com. Matt feeling improved, explores the tower grounds and learns that the Amerlin has forbidden him from leaving Carvalin. He spots Els Grinwell, who avoids him, then stumbles upon the warder's training grounds, where he defeats Gawain and Galad with a quarterstaff against their practice swords. Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve discuss Varen's list and determine there must be still Black Aja in the tower. Els Grinwell appears and tells them that the Black Sisters' belongings are in a storeroom in the basement, but when Egwene tries to follow Els, she finds only Selene. Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve find the storeroom locked. Egwene weakens the chain and gains them entry. Among the supposed belongings, they find a mountain of evidence pointing to Tyr and determine it to be a trap. Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve spend their day scrubbing pots, then Egwene decides to use the Dream Turangriol. In the dream, Egwene spots Perrin, guarded by a wolf, then Rand, who mistakes her for an enemy and tries to kill her. Finally, Egwene finds herself in the Stone of Tear and meets Sylvie, a supposed servant who calls Balzamon a fool and tells her of Kalandor. Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve decide to journey to Tear to spring the Black Aja trap. Matt is given a letter to Morgaze from Elaine along with a letter of permission from the Amerlin. He determines to leave. Nynaeve informs the Amerlin of what they found in the storeroom, then learns that the real Els Grinwell left the tower ten days ago. The Amerlin approves the expedition to Tyr and provides gold for the journey. Okay, so this is like middle of the book information dump time. Yeah. We get a lot of really interesting information. We do. And, and some intrigue. And some intrigue. We officially learned that Els Grinwell is not Els Grinwell, and therefore yes. my theory that she is important no longer holds water. <laughs> so that's or, sad. Well, she also is important in a way, though. She's important enough because, for... Like, it's definitely Lanfear to... in impersonating her. Well, yeah, but like that's not Els Grinwell. That's Lanfear. Sure. I was just kind of hoping Els Grinwell was going to be important. Yeah. But she got no, sent home because she she's not home. a good enough channeler. In a way, she's appeared in all three books. Yes. Just she's not actually here. Right. Anyway, this section contains one of my favorite bits in the Wheel of Time. Matt just fucking up Goblin and Galad with a quarterstaff relatively casually while still recovering from dagger sickness. I know. It's just so easy. Like It's so easy. I think that at least the first hit he gets, he gets against Galad is just plain old Galad's fault for not... Galad is like, I don't want to do this, but... And he's not taking Matt seriously. Neither is Gawain, but he's doing it in, like, Gawain a is taking it way. more taking it more seriously. Yeah. Gawain's like, I don't want to wager, but once the wager was happening, Gawain's like, okay, I'm at least gonna try. Right. He's, like, yeah, he's, you know, more good-naturedly not taking Matt seriously, whereas yeah. Galad's just like, I'm so haughty and important, like, so I'm, I'm not gonna take you seriously. I'm better than you. I can't take your money. Yeah. Like, come on, Galad. And Gawain's just like, I don't want to lose money. I'm not going to, like, even, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> even, like, yeah. So he does kind of just, like, wreck them in the beginning. Real easily. He just, like, does a couple swipes. And let's let's call out the bet that was made here. His bet is that he would beat them and they wouldn't land a hit on him. They don't. They don't. <laughs> He's not wrong. And kind of after the fight, Gawain is fairly good-natured about it. 
he is. He, he gives is. him. He gives him his money. Galad. We and, don't see Galad's response because he gets swarmed by Aes Sedai, who are like, "Oh my God, you precious little baby, are you okay? <laughs> you little precious bean." Yeah, they are like going after him, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was just. It's Galad. He wouldn't milk it. It'd be wrong. It'd be wrong. He wouldn't do it. But is it wrong if it preserves his pride? Yeah, he doesn't care about his, his own pride. But is it wrong if they clearly want to fawn over him? So him leaning into it is doing them a service. It's not about doing people a service. It's whether it's right or wrong. Either way, they're fawning over him. They're fawning over Gawain's him. And Gawain's just like, because Matt's worried that he hit him in the head too hard. Because he like cracked him against the head with the quarterstaff. <laughs> and like, that would probably cause some brain damage. Yeah. Because, I mean, quarterstaffs are big, thick pieces of wood. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a reason he beat him with... And it's... Like, he beat them for a reason, and it's not just because he's a main character with main character disease and good at the quarterstaff. It's because the quarterstaff... Like, a a sword is, like, a couple feet long. Yeah. A quarterstaff is, like, a six-foot wooden pole. Right, you've got the leverage... In order to have the force behind it. You've and got range. And she's like, yeah, they healed it, but it wasn't that bad. Elaine's given me worse. <laughs> it's like, what is Elaine Just doing Just casually. To you? <laughs> what is happening at the Tracand household? I do think we skipped over a great Matt moment in noticing Glaude when he gets to the order training yes. facility. So let's just start there. So he's like, he's out, he's exploring, trying to find a way out. He runs into a guard who is very clearly, as you said, Iliander or whatever. Oh yeah, he do be an Iliander. <laughs> then he runs into Els Grinwell, quotes, quote, quote. <laughs> and then he goes into the order training and he notices like the Aes and the novices and the accepted, like watching this one person. And he says something Almost as pretty as a girl. He says almost as pretty as a girl and then sparkling eyes later on. (laughs) It's just like, what is it with these two rivers boys and they're suppressed bisexuality and that they just keep noticing men with swords eyes. Okay, Matt. Is repressing his bisexuality. Perrin might be gay. <laughs> nah, Perrin doesn't have gay vibes. He has he has bisexual vibes. Frozen mountain lake. <laughs> Sparkling eyes, almost as pretty as a girl. Yeah, that's just repressed by energy or not acknowledged by energy. Yeah, he thinks he's still in the, like the I want to be him, not be with him part of coming to terms with your own bisexuality. Sure, but yeah, yeah. So he he spends like half a minute fawning over. Galad. Galad. Not very long because he's just watching and he like scoffs or something. He like laughs. I don't remember exactly how they get into it, but he basically is like, yeah, if I had a quarterstaff, I could take you. And Galad's like, no, no, farm boy. And Gawain is like, mm, you, you probably couldn't. Healing. Like, you're sick. He's like, I believe you if you weren't sick. Try to, like, placate him, though. Yeah, like, maybe in, like, a couple of weeks. And, like, you Like, know, you look a lot better, but, like, maybe in, like, a week or two. Right. And Galad's just like, no, I'm not fighting you ever. Right. Like, you were a stupid farm boy. And then he basically, like, backs him into a corner because the Hamar, one of the, like, head warders, shows up and is like, well, now you're taking the bet because it's about time you learn a lesson. And the lesson is don't underestimate farm boys with quarterstaffs. Because he tells a story about the most famous warder and best swordsman of all time. Was defeated once by a farmer with a quarterstaff. Yep. Learn this as a lesson. Yep. Fun Whether fact. that story is true or not, or if he was just using it to be like, look, you little shits. <laughs> Fun fact, that story, there's like a little bit of that story told in one of the like origins bits mm-hmm. for the show. Oh, yeah. I'm really hoping we actually get the scene because it's a good scene, but they at least mention it in the origin bits. I kind of see Matt destroy a pretty yeah. bicon. Matt Coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Coffin. So, yeah, that happened. Uh, L's. <laughs> Quote, Els is is being kind of suspicious. She, like, sort of tells him to escape. She, like, is avoiding him. And yeah. he's like, I mean, I get that I was under the dagger influence when I last met I you. couldn't have been like, that much of a dick. Yeah. Uh, and we also learned that the all the guards know who he is. Because uh, it's sort of implied that the Emerlin personally was like, do not let this boy out. They're all like, what did you do? Did you steal something? Like, he's like, no, I didn't steal something. <laughs> yup. So, Yeah. That that happened. We get a little bit of Matt this section. It's this and then another bit. Oh, the other thing much. I do want to point out is how much of an effect Nynaeve had on Glaude. Glaude got taken down a couple pegs, one by Nynaeve. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, I believe you'd need to be good with the quarterstaff and a bow if you've been <laughs> living with Nynaeve this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> to which Matt's just like, dude, yeah. I mean, I believe it, but like, what did she do? <laughs> You're not wrong, but what happened to you? <laughs> 
And then, you know, Matt takes him down. I just need Glob to get taken down a few more notches. Maybe this did it. He did get soundly beaten. Did. Like, couldn't land a hit beaten. Yeah, but... I mean, two rivers people are two rivers people. They're all crazy with weapons. Yeah. Like, Perrin took down a fucking Murdral earlier. He did. Rand became a blade master in a span of months. And also has... They're all crazy with a bow. I just want to point out that you listed Matt, Perrin, and Rand. Mm-hmm. What else do all of those three have in common? I mean, they all have main character disease. They all have main character disease. But still, I was going to say that. <laughs> even accounting for main character disease, that wouldn't influence the rate at which they learned. They just, like, or Tam would was it? a fucking blade master. Who knows how much, like, base sword master shit Tam put into Rand. Or... I mean, Rand went into a village and literally everyone got fucking married. That's true. (laughs) But that was other people, not him. Sus. He did also get trained by Lan. He did. But see, here's the comparison I'd need. I need Lan to train, like, Egwene. Egwene. Okay. To see if Egwene could become a swordmaster that quickly. (laughs) Swordmaster Egwene out here. Everybody run for your lives. We all know who would be able to do it, though. Nynaeve doesn't use swords. One, she's a healer. She would never cut somebody open just to heal them again. Two, if Nynaeve is using a weapon, she's just shanking you. She's walking up behind you while you're about to do something dumb and stabbing you so you don't do something dumb and then healing you. She's going to count to three to warn you. (laughs) And then she's going to stab you. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Otherwise, she's just going to shank you to make sure you're not dumb. A good old stabbing. She does have the biggest I brought you into this world I can take you out vibes she does she really does and I believe her I do too Nynaeve could take me out of this world she's one of the most powerful female channelers alive yeah definitely could take you out wouldn't even be a question she also has like I didn't didn't start this fight but I'm gonna finish it vibes (laughs) which is why we call her mom yes she is, she's not Magic Mom. No. Uh, she'll never be Magic Mom. That's always Maureen. That's even, always Maureen. Even when Nynaeve learns to fully and consciously channel, she's not going to be Magic Mom. No. Is she Weed Mom? Weed Mom. She has all those herbs and shit. She gives people medicine nah, from her from her herb belt. She's like way too uptight to be Weed Mom. Okay, so she's Opium Mom. No. She'll give you opium when you're in pain. I don't think she's Drug Mom. No. She's, no. A, she's a wisdom. She is Drug Mom. She's just Pharmacist drugs yeah she doesn't have the like she's like er doc mom sure like i don't just have they have an energy where they're like i am not going to be i don't care about bedside manner you're not going to be in here long enough for me to care (laughs) about bedside manner i want you dealt with and either up in a room or out of here that's fair (laughs) that is that is naive that's fair speaking of the girls they are all sitting in a room reading over varen's notes Yes. For a large portion of this ch- this section. They are all just kind of hanging out, either in the kitchen or in Nynaeve's room, yep. sleeping, going over notes. Nynaeve it does not have the patience to read these notes. No. Because she's not. reading them, and apparently every half hour or so, she lets out an exclamation that Varen's crazy. Why did she send it? Why did she give us all of this information, but it's not useful? It's all the same information. And then Elaine, immediately after the time that we see it, is like, but there's a pattern here. She points out a whole bunch of stuff about, like, how the 13 women were all spread across ages. Like, there is not a single thing in common with these 13. Besides right. besides their Ashas. Two came from each Asha. Except for the red. Except for the red, there's only one. Right. There's only one red Asha, that's Leandrin. And then two came from each Asha. But she's just like, if it was just random chance, then why aren't there, like, four from the right. from the Browns? Why aren't there two people from the same place? Why aren't there two people of relatively the same age? Right. This is purposeful. Which means there's probably more black Asha still here. Right. They think that they the ones that left were so specific as to not have it here. Yeah. That they kind of did the opposite. Which Black Asha's not all that all that bright. No, I mean, none of the dark friends are. No, that's kind of a theme. Evil, they're they're evil, dumb. Evil people are dumb. Yeah. All the all the Death Eaters in Harry Potter were kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean, like, give me some. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we do, we get a little bit of an inventory of the Turing Grial that they stole. We, we knew before that they had stolen some Turing Grial. Here we have at least a partial list of what they did take. Most of them have to do with the dream world. 13 are unknown. I didn't write down the rest. I just thought I noticed specifically 13 of them. They listed what they were, but they don't know what their purpose are. Right. And it, so, it's like purpose, uh, you know, use unknown, last studied by Corian and Nadine. Yeah. All of these um, were, or one, most of these were studied yeah. by the same person who had the ring. There were three, I think, that stood out at me. 
The hedgehog. hedgehog. Yeah, there's a hedgehog. They don't really know what the hedgehog. They were like, we don't know what the hedgehog does. Uh-huh. It just kind of sits there. Uh, there's, I think, there's like a, s- a tablet that you can hold, uh, and then there is a black fluted rod that Varen wrote, basically like spawns balefire, very dangerous, nearly impossible to control. Do not use. <laughs> and I honestly, a Varen saying that really do not use. What did Varen do with this <laughs> balefire rod? You don't know what balefire does. You'll learn what Balefire does. What the fuck is, it, is this Turing Real like, doing? Is it like the dragon fire in no. Game of Thrones? Like the weird green stuff? Uh-uh. I mean, sort of, kind of, In if you like squint and look at it from really far away and also are drunk. So it's worse. Oh, you got me. Okay. It's bad. Okay. It's real bad. Okay. And Varen is warning people about it. Very emphatically. Yeah. And she's just so flighty that I feel like she'd get bored halfway through her... Not bored, even. I feel like she'd just get distracted halfway through her warning and then go, Oh, but I'm going to talk about this other thing now. But if she... (laughs) Clearly, it's so important that she stayed on track long enough. And wrote it in all caps. Yeah. Big letters. Big letters. Do not use. One other thing that's kind of a, a... Kind of... A common thread throughout all of this is who's in the black Asha? Yeah. They're not trusting anybody. Which is good. They're not even really trusting the Amaral. No, they're, they're not. They kind of are out of, like, necessity. But they, they don't think that she's black Asha, but they still don't trust her implicitly. Right. Because even if she, they're, like, basically, even if she's not black Asha, and I don't think that she is, she could still be compromised in some way. Right. One of them could be manipulating her. Right. So they don't trust her, but they don't think she's Black Aja, but they don't trust, they think Varen could possibly be. They, right. Varen, Elida, Sherium. Al- Alana. Alana. Basically everyone who's been named so far. Right. They, Their suspicions kind of focus in a little bit on Varen and Alana. Yes. I think Varen, because she gave them so much info. Yeah. And they're not the brightest. Um, Because why would Varen give them the info if she were Black Aja? Because maybe she's very cunning. Could be. Maybe all of this is an act. Could be. Even the bit in her perspective. Maybe she was gaslighting herself <laughs> so hard into making herself believe that she's flighty. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I don't think she's Black Aja. Uh, but... And then the other one that they suspect is Alana, just kind of because of Alana's weird behavior at the end of Egwene's accepted test, where she's like, give me some of Egwene's punishment. I deserve the blame for what happened here. And, and then she goes into the kitchens and visits and continues yeah. to ask Egwene, like, do you want to know more about the Green Aja? Which, I mean... Have you heard about the Green Aja? Have you heard about the Green Aja? You can have more than her. <laughs> we know what Alana does with more than one word. <laughs> I really hope that she's not Black Aja because I don't want that wonderful polytriad that we got in the show <laughs> to get ruined for me. Okay. So that is literally the only reason I'm hoping well, for this. Here, here's a question. Do you think it's possible for Aes Sedai to be Black Aja's to know? Oh. Or their orders to be dark friends and their Aes Sedai to not? I don't think so. You think they'd know? I think they'd know. There is no right. way that you can mask that part in the bomb. An Aes Sedai. But the warder wouldn't be able to. Yeah. So. It, 100% at least, a warder could not be a dark friend and have their eyes that I not know. Okay. And I don't think an eyes that I could be. You just don't think they could manage it? I don't think they could manage it. And I think I feel like if they took an basic, I don't know what it takes to become a dark friend, but if there's an oath that they take mm-hmm. and they get some sort of power from it, I don't know anything about the warder bond, but I feel like it would get passed on to order. So they'd reluctantly be a dark friend. Okay. Either way. Okay. And even if they, even if it didn't get passed along to them through the bond, their emotional bond is so strong that they're gonna be like, "Well, you're probably a dark friend for I trust you." <laughs> you don't think that Lan wouldn't just trust Moraine implicitly if she was Black Aja? Oh yeah, but I he mean, would be like, "I guess I'm a dark friend now." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he might also just go yeet himself into the blight. It doesn't take much to make him want to do that. No, but I think he would trust her implicitly and be like, "You have a reason, so I guess I'm a dark friend yeah. now." Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that that's them like focusing in on I said I. Um, they do a little bit of like their own channeling. We get we get like actual useful channeling out of the girls when they go into the basement to look at the materials. Well. Egwene does, Nynaeve lets herself get mad enough to conjure a crowbar? Is that what happened there? I thought she just grabbed a crowbar. (laughs) No, because it disappeared after she dropped it. Okay, so she conjured a crowbar. What? That's what you choose to do? Look, and it it turns out to be not even necessary. Because because Egwene was like, hmm, this chain doesn't seem much like a chain anymore, does it? Yeah, she kind of pulls a Sophie first Halloween town where she's just like, I want this lock to be a frog. And then the lock turns into a frog. Basically what Egwene does here. Pretty much. She's like, I want this chain to no longer be a chain. And And then she just kind of goes like, boop, 
And you're off you're off the doorknob yeah. now. And we get a little bit of a hint at some of the things that they could potentially do. More than one thing at a time. While Egwene is channeling, she makes the light bulb. Yeah. And, and she, then she's like, I could pretty easily, I think, manage to do this and something else at the same time. Yeah, she's starting to be able to test out her power. And I think a large part of that is because she's forced to test out her power. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons she accelerated so quickly. Yeah. And Elaine probably accelerated so quickly because Nynaeve was unable to channel. So any channeling that they did do while they were running for their lives and trying not to be taken prisoner by the Shan-Chan had to have been Elaine. Yeah. And Elaine is also clearly, at least currently, in the future, we'll see if this holds up, uh, currently seemingly quite intelligent. And so when Egwene does her trick with the chains, it... Elaine picks it up just after having seen it once. The next set of chains they do, Elaine does it, and she didn't have to have it explained or see it again. She's like, I saw it, I'm going to do it here. Yeah. So she picks things up real quick. So she she may not have to... Nynaeve does as well if she could just get her anger under control and figure out how to channel consistently. I kind of need that storyline to get resolved. It's... (sighs) Let me tell you. (laughs) It is really annoying and it's one of those things that like I've seen critiques of the Wheel of Time series and that a lot of women who read fantasy don't continue with the series because of how badly written some of the women are starting to pick up on it yeah like seriously you're gonna hamper this woman by just because she can't control her anger you're gonna make it I will say you're gonna make it because she's angry like stop with the angry woman trope I will say it lasts for less than half of the series. No, it needs to end soon. It does not. I don't think we're we're with Nynaeve a huge amount of the time. Because, yeah, it's just starting to get to that bad angry woman trope. It it lasts a little long. At the beginning, the women were more of the developed characters, and I am starting to see the... I'm starting to see the criticism now. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely exists. And, uh, yeah. Because uh, either all of the women that we've seen so far are either Black Aja, suspected of being Black Aja, Moraine, or can't channel half the time. Yeah. Like, they're either weak, evil, or Moraine. I don't know that I would call Egwene and Elaine weak. They're inherently weak because they're not eyes to die. They're learning to channel. They're inherently they're, they're hampered. They're new to their powers. They're new to their powers. That. But I don't know that I'd call that weak. Egwene is pretty explicitly not weak. Just the way it's written is starting oh, to come yeah. off weak. And yeah. that's that's what I'm talking about is the writing. Yeah. Is in my lens, yes, no, they're not. Or in my lens of my view of the characters, they are not weak. However, the way that they are being written, all the women are either evil, Moraine, or weak. <laughs> okay, sure. We've met a lot of eyes today. Or they're suspected of, of being Black Aja. Yes. Because, like, we've got Varen and we've got Alana, but we don't really know all of them that well. And they're suspected no. being Black Aja, and that's the only information we have about them. We have a little Varen. Varen was in the whole second book. But in terms of their importance of, like, okay. if you had, like, goodness level or strength level. Yeah. In terms of boiling the character down to the trope that they're part of. Oh, yeah. You've got a bunch of weak women, Maureen, and either Black Aja yep. or suspected of being Black Aja or suspected of being puppeted by the Black Aja in the case of... Yeah. I do kind of wonder... I mean, it, it doesn't really affect the writing of it so much. Like, that does exist. I wonder how much of that is because of the perspective that we get from most of these women, where it's we're in Egwene's head for most of this, and Egwene has just come out of being with the Sean Chan. Yeah. So she's suspicious of if She was betrayed by Leandrin and told that there are a bunch more women who want to do the exact same thing to her. And it's not that I think that... It, it's not that... Like, nope, this is what it is, and this is what it's going to be for the rest of it. But I'm just starting to pick up on it now. Yeah. The... Because this is the point where we're two and a half books in. Egwene and Nynaeve and Elaine being kind of weaker at the beginning. It's like, oh, they're not. Okay. They're, they, we haven't gotten there yet. We are not yet 25% of the way through the series. Just three, we're two and a half <laughs> books in. Very, very fair. Uh, my criticism of the writing of the women, and I think it has, I think, I, you know, I kind of have to acknowledge that, like, this was written in the 90s. when, And there were certainly very good, it was probably written in the 80s, there are certainly very good women who are writing fantasy around this time who probably write women better because... They are women. Not, um, not inherently. <laughs> not inherently, but it, I would say it probably makes it a bit more likely. Um, it's a lot of women characters. Half of this book is in the point of view of a woman character who is not a love interest. At one point she goes to, she like thinks to herself, Rand's not for either of us. If I could give her, if I could give Rand to Elaine, I would, but he's not for either of us. 
Yeah. And so Egwene's her own woman. Yeah, all of these she's... characters, despite the like tropes that they're falling into, they're all their own people. Well, and I mean, I thought you were talking about Nynaeve for a second. He's not a love interest of a main character. No. No, I'm talking specifically about Egwene, who I think is more of a main character than Nynaeve is. Nynaeve is a main character. There's a reason she's one of the Emmonsfield Five and she's so important in the show. But I put her behind Egwene in terms of main characterness, especially this early on. Yeah. But they're all like even even Nynaeve. Like Nynaeve has sort of an all-consuming love for Lan, but she's still her own woman despite it. She has her own kind of desires. And also fair. <laughs> also fair. Like she has like she has her own desires, right? She wants to kind yeah. of show Moraine up because Moraine came into this village, upended her life. See, and that's where I'm just get I'm tired of like I'm already tired of anger. Oh, just yeah. because that's all we're seeing. It gets a little bit better. The angry bit doesn't get resolved for a while. Well the angry bit never gets resolved, but it does eventually stop becoming a hindrance to her power. That needs to happen because Otherwise, like, and right. I, I mean, yes, this was written in the 80s and 90s. And so the fact that there are so many strong, or there are women in power, I wouldn't necessarily say strong, like, because you can argue whether they are actually strong or not, or whether they're written to be strong or not. But there yeah. are women in power. Yeah. That That is huge for a we've fantasy met, series written in the 80s and 90s by a cis white man. We've met but, two, like, heads of state, and they've both been women. Right. Like, there are lots of women in places of prominence yeah. inside this world. And I think that in itself is good. However, you can't just, like, have that be the end of it. Oh, no. Like, and so, you know, does the fact that these women aren't necessarily written as strongly as they could be, and they're not necessarily written in the best way all of the time, does that prevent me from wanting to continue reading the series? No. However. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's nuance there. Yeah. And a lot of takes I've seen don't, a lot of takes I've seen on anything don't include nuance, which always right. bothers me. But this entire podcast wants. It's the wheel of time. There's a lot of it. And we also split it into big enough or into like small enough chunks that we are allowed, that we're able to. We have room for it. We have room for nuance. Just... So I'm going to add it. Yep. Yep. Speaking of, you know, one of the evil ladies, we did not even touch on Lanfear yet. No. Because we talked about, we talked about them going and breaking into stuff, but we did not talk about how they knew to go do that. <laughs> because El Els Grinwell led them there. <laughs> Except it wasn't Els Grinwell. It was Lanfear. Mm-hmm. Also, those 13 bags of stuff weren't actually the bags of stuff of those 13 left behind because apparently they were all burnt. Yep. So what did, what it's did a Lanfear trap. do? It's a trap. It's a they trap. knew it was a trap. They, they did not realize how did. much of a trap it is that these things aren't even no. actually theirs. And I, it has not even remotely been revealed that we would have any how big of a trap it is. Or who it's for. I f- would find it very surprising if the Black Aja set a trap for Rand's friends from home. Rand's random accepted friends from home. Except that if the trap is to try to get Rand under their control. Still. They're not, they just, they're eyes to eye. They're not even going to think about accepting it. I just don't even, I don't even know who the trap is for because clearly like Lanfear would have known that they burned the stuff. And so she couldn't have gone to the Amaral and been like, oh, there's a whole like, here's bags of stuff. Right. So she went to the girls. Did she expect that they would go to the Amaralyn to be like, I think they're going to tear and then the trap is for them? Like, I think the trap, at least that trap, was specifically intended for the girls. Okay. Because who else would Lanfear have been able to go to to be like, go look at these 13 bags of stuff? Because all the eyes that I thought That's true. knew that they were burned. The That's only true. people who didn't know that they were burnt are Nynaeve, Egwene, and Elaine. Yep, yeah. And we do know that Rand is heading there, and Egwene later has... Egwene has had a dream about Rand and the sword, and then she goes to the stone in the dream world. Yes. And meets Sylvie, which is weird. Yeah. An ugly old lady. Like, very ugly. Very ugly, apparently. Egwene, Egwene at one point comments on how Elaine is very pretty and specifically comments on how ugly Sylvie is. Oh, she also comments on how pretty Lanfear is. Oh, that's that's the one that I picked up on first. She's like, this is the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And she like starts blushing and like getting and flustered. inspires feelings that Egwene has never <laughs> felt before. <laughs> For for a not gay series, this is weirdly gay. It's so gay. Okay, Robert Jordan, sneaking in the gay. <laughs> I don't know that you could have published this in the 90s 
in fantasy and have it be overtly gay. Overtly gay. So he might have had to sneak it in. We don't know. The Wheel of Time a little gay as a treat. Yeah. Wheel of Time readers can have a lot of gay as a treat. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> well, I mean, there are um, our favorite sapphic couple. Soiree. Soiree. Praise be to Soiree. <laughs> yes. Name a more iconic duo. Yeah. So Lanfear's around just hanging out in the White Tower. Pretending to be Els Gridwell. Yep. Disappearing around corners, leading the girls places. Inspiring feelings. Inspiring feelings. Scaring the shit out of Matt. <laughs> Who is the least affected by her. Yeah, what is that about? I think it's because Matt knows he's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be pretty, right? Like, you don't get to be that much of a little shit and get away with it without being at least, um, like, no, something's partially attractive. No, something's pretty eyes. Yeah. And people tell him that all the time. Yeah. And so Matt's too caught up with how pretty he is. To, like, really overly care about how pretty somebody else is. You notice how pretty she is. Uh, But, like... And then he was like, hmm, she's too pretty. Thank you. (laughs) Matt out here saying what I've been saying for two books. What's going on with you? And I think he just, even if it's not like he's so concerned with his own prettiness, it's just like he's like, okay, I know I use my prettiness to my advantage. So how is she using hers? And then later when when the girls show up to ask him to take the letter to Morgay's, he's like, one pretty woman's a good time. Two pretty women means something's up. Three pretty women means run. He's like, what do you guys want? <laughs> Don't even bother. And he yep. also spends some time, like, wondering which one of them he'd rather dance with. Yeah. Which was weird. The answer is Elaine. Yeah. Nynaeve is taken. Nynaeve is taken and also might kill you. Egwene is off limits. Egwene is off limits. Because of the bro code. Even if, yeah. even if like, he, she and Rand aren't a thing anymore and can never be a thing. You can't date your friend's ex. You can't date your friend's ex. Yeah. Bro code. Yeah. So it's Elaine. Yes. You're right. You get to dance with a queen. If I had to pick one of them to dance with. So I'm far, Elaine. so far, Elaine is the most chill. Yeah. Despite the princessiness. Yeah. She's the one least likely to just smack you upside the head unless you're gone. Um, it's probably deserved it. Maybe. Who knows what goes on in the Tracan household? Not us. People getting beaten. Anyway, back to the girls. Lane fears around. And then they get into a little bit of an argument over who's going to use the ring. And this is like the first time that we see Egwene really stand up to Nynaeve. Like before, she's kind of like flirted with it. Because they're, yeah. not, they're not in the village anymore. But there's always been some sort of like Nynaeve's a step above Egwene. And now Egwene's like, we're equals. We're both accepted. I can channel I can more channel. regularly <laughs> than you can. Right. And Varen gave the like twisted stone ring Turangriel to me. I'm going to use it, and I'm a dreamer. So they get into a little bit of a fight where Nynaeve's like, it should be me, I'm stronger. Elaine and Egwene are both like, if you can channel, and if there's danger there, you may not know it in time to get angry enough to channel. Yeah. So watch over Egwene while she sleeps. And so Egwene goes to sleep with the Turangriol, and then she's in the dream world, which is trippy. Yes, and I'm, I'm definitely in the she is a dreamer. And I don't just think that because she's a main character. <laughs> I like we have more evidence now that like she's definitely a dreamer because we didn't yeah. touch on this yet. But when she has nightmares before they go and do the investigation and stuff, she has a lot of dreams very eerily similar to Min's aura readings. Yeah, she has a dream, and they go a little bit more in depth than Min's aura visions as well, which yeah. helps a little bit. So she or at sees. Least we're told they go. Who knows what Min knows and hasn't shared? She just is very as little words as she needs to to describe right. what her vision is. But she sees Perrin with a falcon and a hawk on his shoulder. She's like, I think they're both girls. I don't know why I think that. And the hawk has a leash. And the hawk has a leash that is it's trying to fasten around Perrin's neck. Yeah. She sees Perrin with a beard. She comments on it. <laughs> like leading people. Le- leading a pack of wolves. Le- yeah. And then she sees Matt putting his own left eye on a scale, which I guess just provides a little bit more context for the eye on the scale thing. At least now I know it's Matt's eye. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a nucleated eye. Yeah. Hard pass. Hard pass. She also sees Matt with the Sean Chen, but she talks that up to a nightmare. Yeah. Because she, like, she has she's other had, nightmares She had a about nightmare the about the Sean Chen which before. Which, fair, she was enslaved yes absolutely so she chalks that one up to being a nightmare i'm inclined to it possibly being some sort of nightmare or maybe matt gets mixed up with them somehow but it's something bad we don't get told what it is she doesn't elaborate on it no she doesn't so 
There is one thing she does elaborate on a little bit. She also sees Matt hanging from a tree. Oh, yeah, that one. Very interesting stuff. I forgot yes. about this bit. So. And she also sees Rain with Calendar. Yeah. Big surprise. Big the dragon surprise. gets Calendar. Look at the cover of the book. <laughs> Come on, Egwene. Look at the cover I of the mean, book you're in. And I mean, once you're done being distracted by Perrin's arms and the weird thing he's got wrapped around his head, yep. then you notice the sword. Yeah, like the weird, like almost cape thing he's wearing. He has like a side cape. Yeah, what's with the side cape? The covers are very inconsistent. That is never something Rand has been described to wear. No, did or blue. Read, did they read the book? I don't know. Cover designers usually read the book. Who knows what this man was thinking? Tor, because, what are because you doing? This is the same author that gave us Nick Cage Rand. Look. And Different species. He's not designing the cover. He has a he has a traditional publisher. They are designing the cover and going, which one do you like more? (laughs) That's what happens in the traditional publishing world. Someone designs the cover and they're like, Do you approve of this? It doesn't actually matter because we bought your book. Yeah. Also, what's the weird thing on the spine? Is that a lion? That's Balsamon. That's Balsamon? Yeah. How did you think that was a lion? It's a face. It's clearly a face. It kind of looks like the lion statues outside of the New York Library. Uh what were you drinking the last time we went to the New York Public Library. It and just can looks I have like... some, please? <laughs> it just looks like a weird lion. Well, it's got the... It's fire eyes. He's got fiery eyes. And the mouth is fire. And that's a nose. That's a human nose. We are Maybe describing the cover of a book <laughs> on a podcast. We are. We are. Actually, what it descri- what it reminds me of is the weird mouth in Aladdin. That's a face. Is it? Yes. It's been a long time since I've seen Aladdin. Anyway. Visions. Egwene has them. They match up to Matt's or to Min's aura readings. And so... then she has some dreams in which she sees Perrin and Hopper. Yep. And Perrin has like a chain around his neck and Hopper's just kind of hanging out. He... The weird thing about that, how that was described is it sounds like Perrin just had some chains in his hands and then he was like spread his arms out so that he was chaining himself. Dude, if you just collapsed your arms, you're not... How is that chaining? I don't know how it was described. I think Perrin is somehow chained up and Hopper is guarding him. Or chaining him up or something. I don't know. It's from Egwene's point of view. That scene would probably be very different from Perrin. And it probably is a dream that Perrin is having. Right. Because Because there, there's she gets... weird stuff yeah. in the dream world. She runs into Rand later. In the forest. In just kind of f- on the run. And he's seemingly actually there. Yeah. We don't cause... know if Perrin's actually there. It seems like he's there a little bit more strongly. Because when she sees Rand, he's like, no matter who you send to talk to me as, I'm not following you. Balsamon, go away. Right. And she's like, no, it's actually me. And he's like, lies. And then tries to kill her. Yeah. So she's... like summons a flaming sword. Yeah. And she's like, bye. Well, she she first she tries to wrap him up in anger. She'll like restrain him. And he's like, I am the goddamn dragon reborn. What do you think that's going to do? He like cuts the flows out of the air and with his sword. Like, okay, I'm getting out of here. Right. And then she meets the weird, ugly old woman who, like, yeah. served her family, apparently. Talk about, like, let's talk about Rand for just a moment and how he has final boss that you run into early in the game energy here. You, like, round a corner, there's this big room, there's a dude in there just chilling by a fire with a sword. He wakes up, or, like, he, like, stands up and starts to try to beat the shit out of you. are like, oh, no, I'm way underleveled for this. <laughs> it's like when you try to skip all of the lands in Breath of the Wild and you just go straight for Ganon, and you're like, nope, I gotta go get the powers. And you're not a speedrunner, so you can't just kill Ganon with a broomstick. Yeah, because I suck at video games, so gotta go back and get the things. Rand has final boss energy confirmed. But then she runs into Sylvie, who does not have final boss energy. He is also definitely not having a sad boy hours. No, he's having angry boy hours. It is no longer Death Cab for Cutie. No. Well, no, it is is Death Cab. It's just the angrier Death Cab. Is there angry Death Cab? There's mild Cab. It's Death Cab. It's not angry. Yeah, but it's ran. (laughs) You don't just immediately go from sad boy hours to angry boy hours without some in between. He was was bail firing some something earlier. That thing Rand was using when he had the bar of white hot light was bail firing. Uh, We learned. Okay. Anyway, Sylvie. She's she's there. She's in the stone. She's ugly. She, like, apparently worked for her family or something. That's what... Or something. She's like... She isn't... And is like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. There's, like, a a hint of recognition there. Then she mentions a Shamael saying that he's a fool. And then she says Balsamon's a fool. And then she says that saying that the Forsaken are fools turns their power. But I don't know what turns their power means. That just seems like a folksy old lady thing to say. I kind of 
dig Sylvie's energy just a little bit. Okay. She's got creepy Varen energy. She does. And we all discussed last, where we discussed last episode how much we appreciate Varen's vibes. Varen does the have Grandma vibes. Academia. <laughs> yes. My new favorite aesthetic. This is like Babushka be- vibes. <laughs> she's old. She's got a headscarf. Kind of gnarly looking. <laughs> She turns people's power against them. Yeah, she's she's a vibe. I, I yeah. appreciate it. I don't yeah. know. I don't trust Sylvie because she's a little creepy in the and dream like, world. What's she doing in the dream world? And what is she doing with the sword? What's she doing with the sword? It's there. That's where we get the quote from, where it's got this like massive, impossibly strong ward around it. And some, And it's made with both halves of the power. Yep. Which kind of leads me to think that maybe that's why Lanfear is trying to get the girl. Because there, if Egwene couldn't get past the parts of the power that she can't control, uh-huh. Rand is not going to be able to get past the powers, the side of the power that he can't control. Sure. And so maybe he needs the help of someone channel other power in order to get the sword. Why would Lanfear want him to have the sword? Because then troll him with the sword. Okay. Interesting thought. If he has the sword, he is more powerful. Okay. If he is more powerful, he is when she is when she and she believes that she's going to be able to control him. So she wants him to be as powerful as possible. She wanted him to blow the horn. She wants him to have the sword. She just wants him to be the most powerful dragon sugar daddy he can be (laughs) so that she can win. Okay. And the only people gullible enough in her view in order to help Rand get the sword would be his three friends from home. Okay. Or two friends from home and Elaine. Why would she need them if she hypothetically has Black Aja who could help, who are more powerful He's not going to trust them in order, he's not going to work with them. He would work with Much less because, I mean, one, they're Black Aja, but two, they're Aes Sedai. Right. He's, he's he, like, the no, only I people he would work with in order to get the sword would be people he trusts. Yeah. Which, at the moment, is... Nynaeve, Egwene, and Lillian. Yeah. Those are the only three channel or female channelers that he knows is yeah. enough to work with. Yeah. He doesn't sure. think Moraine is against him, but he also is very yeah. aware that Moraine's going to use him. Right. And Moraine's not like Swan, who outright tells he's gonna use. No, like he he might trust. Like if he had met Swan a little earlier, he might trust Swan because Swan at least tells you what's going on. That's that's why Matt kind of trusts her a little bit because right. he's like, you at least told me you're gonna use me and how. So <laughs> right, I guess I appreciate it. Thanks. Right, I still want to leave. Yep, but you know, I would love for this book to be in Swan's perspective. She's so interesting. Anyway, Sylvie tells. Egwene that she needs to get the fuck out because Ishamael's coming. Yeah. Is it Ishamael or Balsam that she says? It? One of them. She says she one says of them. She says someone's coming. coming. And she's like, you need to get out of here. How do you know how to, like, you don't, oh, you don't know how I to get out. I thought it was Rand. I no. Rand was coming. I think Rand is less, less useful here than Egwene is, despite being stronger in the power. Egwene can move, right? She, she like thinks about, she like holds the, the ring and thinks about where, like, she's like, take me where I need to be. And she's in the stone. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember who she said it's was coming. someone who Egwene's not supposed to be around. And she tries to get Egwene to, like, escape the dream world. And it doesn't work because Egwene doesn't know how. And so she, te- she like, grabs the ring and does something that causes Egwene massive amounts of pain and wakes her. Yep. Which is uh, creepy. Yes. Yes, it is. And her being in the, in the stone is part of why they decide to go to Tyr. Because they have all this stuff about the Black Aja going to Tyr and plans about Tyr. And then... She holds the ring and asks it to take her where she needs to be. And it's tear. And it's tear. So they're like, okay, we're going. We're going to yeah. use our letters. Elaine's like, I'm coming with you because I'm the worst. She wants to go. And like, she's like, I'm not staying here with the Black Aja, which I mean, fair. It's fair. And, but she's like, I need to send my mom this time. She doesn't lose it. Yeah. So. Morgay's lost it. They make a plan to have Matt deliver the letter. Yep. Because they figure Matt wants to get out about it as bad as they do. And they're right. They are right. He's like, oh, thank God. And the girls give him one of their get-out-of-jail-free cards. Yep. Which is going to come to bite them in the ass unless she already knows. Um, it wouldn't be that surprising. Because she already Swan. knows that they, yes. Yeah, so, Swan already knows that they told Elaine everything. Uh, she didn't know, no, but she guessed. Yeah. Like, later, Nynaeve's like, yeah, by the way, we told Elaine. And she's like, I figured. She's like, well, why did you go under all this pretense? Because I can. Because I can, because I had to. Yeah. Any number of reasons that you, a child, wouldn't understand. But Matt is like, yeah, I'll get out of here. After he's done uh, figuring out which one of them he'd rather dance with. 
Yep. And then he real he like comes into one of his like Matt moments as I've come to because they're rare. Like the rare moments where it's like, aw, this is why people are friends with <laughs> Not because you're a little shit and you're funny and you gamble and you tell fun stories. Like, those are fun, okay reasons to be friends with someone. But, like, if that's the only reason you're friends with them, you're not going to be friends with them for decades. Like, no. Rand and Perrin have been friends with him for decades. They've barely been around for decades, though, to be fair. But they've been friends since childhood. Yeah, but they're not, in the books, they're not even 20. A decade and a half, whatever. <laughs> they've been friends, they've been conscious friends for a decade. Yeah. And in this moment is one of those moments where you can see why someone be friends with him for a decade. Because yeah. he's like, you guys have done me a favor. I get out. Thank you so much. You're giving up one of your get out of jail free cards. Yeah. Anytime you need me, I will be there for you. Yep. And that makes all of them laugh. Yep. Because <laughs> when you Nynaeve... need a man, you need him right then. <laughs> yeah, basically. Because we'll see... Nynaeve has been on that rant like four times this book. Yes. Because she is still mad about the ring. I guess. We'll see... If they need him and if he shows up. We'll see. We'll also see if, you know, the ring and land shows up. But here's the... She's not wrong. Because she says, if a woman ever needs a hero, she needs them today, not tomorrow. Yeah. Which, that is... Yeah, that's fair. Oh, boy. I know some stuff. I know you know some stuff. That's the whole point of this podcast. Yes. That and describing book covers, apparently. (laughs) I think the only thing we haven't covered is the bit of them in the kitchen. And we covered most of the important bits. The one thing that we haven't covered that I want to talk about is Loras, the mistress of the kitchens, and how she's kind of wonderful. She's very stern. She will whack you upside the head with a spoon that is definitely not for cooking. (laughs) It's for whacking stupid people. And she's got Irish grandmother vibes. A little bit. Because she she's very stern in the kitchen and she holds people to their tasks, but she also like apparently went off at Sherium about like, I'm not gonna have a part in breaking their spirits. Yeah, they've done they've done their work. It's not my job to break their spirits. I think that they should be forgiven now. But outward, like, Swan tells Nynaeve that. Yeah. And and Swan comes in and she kind of, like, half puts Laris down immediately because, uh, for some reason. For reasons. Flex, I don't know. I, I think she needed to clear the kitchen out. Weird flex, but okay. She needed to clear the kitchen out to talk to them. Yeah. So she was like, scatter, you idiots. <laughs> like, scatter, children. Smashed a 40 on the ground and yelled, scatter! Basically. That's every time Swan enters the room. <laughs> but then when she's done, Swan is like, I'm gonna make mistress of the kitchens your official title because I think you're great at this. <laughs> I think you're an amazing human. I like Swan. I do. Swan kind of breaks a little bit of that mold. She's suspected of being evil, but like we get some we get some stuff in her perspective. Yeah. Where like we know what we know her a I little mean, bit. Also Queen of Fish puns. Queen of Fish puns. Anyway, she's she she kind of breaks that but she's powerful. She's the fucking Amberlin seat. She's not weak. She's working for good. She is she's being sneaky, but she's being like upfront and honest at the same time. Yeah. Like she's I'd put I'd I'd put her kind of in the Moraine category. Like there's there's Soiraine, Yeah. And then there's the Black Aja. And then there's these three accepted. And men. And men. Who I'd put in the same category as the girls kind of right now. I don't know that that's necessarily fair, if only because power for men is something completely different because she doesn't have the one power. But just in levels of like owning yourself and not okay. like that's fair. Very fair. Anyway, Swan makes Laris the official mistress of the kitchens, which had been an unofficial title, sort of mockingly, sort of not. And now she's like, no, it is a title of honor. Right. And you are the only one who will bestow, like, who yeah. will have this title. And Laris is like, she's she's thrilled about it. She is thrilled. So. Yeah, we get that. Um, We also get news that there was a gray man found in Sherium's bed. Yep. Which, a woman. Yep. Gray woman. Gray woman. Just hanging out dead. Yeah, dead. And the last bit of information, which I don't know that we had gotten before, is that Kalendor is a saw in Griol. Yes, is. And there are only two more powerful saw. I thought that was. I thought that was. She said that was one of. No. So that there's one. Of. No, there. There are. There's Kalendor, and there are two saw in Griol that are more. Are those the? There's a name for them. We don't get the name yet. So weird statues. Weird statues. Do we get the name? Weird statue things and weird glowing sword that's not a. Yes. Statue that's not a statue. <laughs> sword that's not a sword. To be fair, the statue is a statue. It's just also something else. Statues can be two things. Stuff can be two things. Yeah. Who's to say Kalendor won't work as a sword? I mean, it's made out of crystal, so it probably will. I will leave you with this. Uh, you were talking about the, the ward and how Rand prob- you think Rand need help from people who can channel Sidar. It is the sword in the stone, and he is 
Althor. Yeah. So the ward is probably the actual stone meant to keep anybody but Rand. It is a little. Although, I, again, I just like it's very powerful. I don't think Rand could channel enough to do it, to deal with it right now. Because, I mean, Rand is, Rand is so powerful that he's really strong right now, but he's still in the infancy of his power. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. He just like derped out in a fight and then set a tree on fire because he was having sad boy hours. <laughs> Accidental earthquakes. Nynaeve needs to be angry to channel. Rand needs to not be listening to Death Cab <laughs> to channel. Yeah, although Rand can knowingly channel. He just kind of sucks at it. Yeah. Unless he has, like, moments of inspiration. Because, like, he got that fire sword out quick enough, and he seemed to have practiced it. I feel like that was also a dream. Could be. If he was in the dream world, you know, who's to say he didn't just think it would happen, and then it did. That dream did have ener- the same energy of him show when he just straight up stabbed himself. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Dream Rand is a vibe. Dream Rand is a vibe. I'm going to cut you. I don't care who you send at me. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to stab myself. This is a dream, so I'm just going to stab myself. Yup. Which, uh, man. Rand is a stupid boy, too. We already... He got hit with the idiot stick. He did. Speaking of other things, we are recurring segments. Yes. So we talked about the prophetic auras in the way of we get slightly more context for them due to Egwene's dreams. Yeah. Which solidifies both the vision that Min has and also Egwene's dream. Yeah. It's now like it's a corroborated source. Sure. Because two people had the exact same bits of information independent of each other. Yeah. No. Because Egwene hasn't seen. Nope. Ship updates. None. Egwene and Lanfear. Matt and Galad. Enemies to lovers. <laughs> Enemies to lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So no ship updates. <laughs> no ship updates. Favorite moments. I think mine would have to be generally Matt being a little shit. Matt being a little shit. He's regained the right balance of being a little shit to being an asshole. Before, when he had the dagger sickness, he was just straight up. He was being a dick derogatory, not being a dick affectionately. (laughs) Okay. He has gotten back to being affectionately an asshole. Yeah. And also that exchange between him and 90 about women needing heroes. Okay. Because he was just trying to be nice and then they're all just laughing. And if I say, I had a one genuine moment, what did I say? (laughs) Poor Matt. He got got slapped when he was being vulnerable. (laughs) Poor Matt. Eh, He'll bounce back. He will. He will indeed. He's he's pretty. He'll bounce back. Yep. Pretty enough to rebuff Lanfear. Yeah. He's not. Who, what would happen if Lanfear tried to go at Galad? Galad has similar effects. I don't think he'd notice <laughs> at all i don't think he'd even notice that this is a pretty woman i think he'd be like this is this is a woman maybe who knows she's not a queen she's not a queen yeah oh that was another one of that we just didn't comment at all that i just remembered when galad was like finally he's like i'm not gonna fight you because i like a queen and i don't want her <laughs> to be mad at me <laughs> okay you clearly don't know two rivers women <laughs> Giving Matt a sound beating would probably <laughs> encourage Egwene. Yeah, it probably would. <laughs> probably. I think Gawain. Gawain was... definitely knew that. Because <laughs> Gawain found that funny, too. Uh, Gawain is also about Egwene, yeah, but he's... is too polite. He's like, I'll beat Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Will that make me better in her eyes? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of that scene, that is my favorite moment. The, I figured the it would be. Matt just going to town on Galad and it Gawain. It takes him like four moves. It really is very, very fast. Wap, wap, wap down. Yep. And you can even tell that like Galad and Gawain, uh, there's bits about this writing that I really like too, where it's in Matt's perspective. So you're not getting the sword forms. You're getting Matt's quarterstaff stuff. And the quarter, like the axe fighting felt very different. Mm-hmm. Using a bow feels very different. Using a quarterstaff feels different. And they all feel different from a sword which feels different in the hands of an amateur or in the hands of a blade master. He writes weaponry well. Fight like like the psychological aspects of There is one thing that we did not mention. Oh. And I'm glad that I remembered it before we ended. Matt randomly accidentally speaking in the old tongue and saying he's mm. from Manetherin. Yes. Zums up Matt. Because he just says something and it's like, it sounds like it would be in English. And they're like, oh, you speak the old tongue? And he's like, what? Yep. And then they're like, oh, where are you from? And he's like, Manetherin, oh, uh, the two rivers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's going to be a thing. Yeah. It's kind of starting to build back on the stuff that was brought up in the first book where he was randomly speaking the old, which I, I guess was like suppressed because of the dagger. Yeah. I'm glad we're getting that stuff back. That is much more interesting. Yes. Oh, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Oh. So much. Oh. So much. I, I, I am poor Matt. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am worried for him because yes. I have knowledge. You have some knowledge. I have knowledge, but no context. Knowledge and no context. That's yes. the worst place to be. So I am... Yes. Word for everybody. Yeah. PTSD the series. Yep. Basically. All righty. This was episode five, chapters 24 to 29. Two weeks from now, episode mm-hmm. six. There's 30, 35. Bye. Bye.